Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's another post-AEW Dynamite live podcast here across the Wrestling Inc. channels, YouTube, Twitch, audio only, whatever you may enjoy. We got it for you. I'm Justin Labar. He is Alfred Kenoa. And Alfred, we are 48 hours away from what is going to be an industry-changing weekend with the debut, or not, well, the second episode, rather, of the recently debuted AEW Rampage. It's got a lot of speculation around what's going to happen there a unprecedented Saturday SummerSlam, and then a Sunday NXT TakeOver where it seems NXT may be turning in a new chapter uh, of its legacy or lack thereof of what will be left of the legacy. So much is being set now on the table if you are a wrestling fan. Uh, I know you're going to be like me. This is just like I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, this can't come quick enough. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great that you set it up like that because you're absolutely right in terms of this kind of be a seat-changing moment. Just looking ahead to the fall and the fall wrestling season where you're going to get All Out, which should be a hot pay-per-view. You're going to get the Flushing Meadows show. But then also you're going to get SummerSlam, which is really going to be treated like a WrestleMania inside that gigantic stadium and Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. And I think this weekend is going to be the start of that, the official start of this historic period that I think will take us through the end of the year and you know even into 2022 because I think there's just uh, so many more free agents today so many more big storylines in terms of between AEW and WWE, and I'm very much looking forward to that because I will be in Vegas this weekend. I can't wait. Are you? Yes, sir. Oh, are you going to oh that's I, I can't wait to hear your account from that. Oh, yeah. Very okay. fun. Very fun. Well, we see everybody still trickling in here live uh, on YouTube and Twitch. You can watch us. Uh, and, of course, if you decide to check out the audio later on, I mean, I don't know. Alfred's a good-looking dude. I can't say so much about this side of <laughs> oh, the <come> screen. <laughs> Great looking dude, JLB. <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course, tonight's episode is presented by Manscaped. We thank them. We'll get into some Manscaped, uh, some some new product they have that we'll tell you about. We'll get into that in a little bit later. But actually, let's, let's jump into some news items here before uh, we we go into our Dynamite review. Let's actually start. I mentioned how, uh, Alfred, this Sunday, NXT TakeOver uh, taking place on a Sunday. So it's taking place after WWE's main pay-per-view of SummerSlam, which that's that's that's, that's unusual, but as mm-hmm. I said, a, a Saturday SummerSlam is unusual. And again, a lot of talk about this NXT takeover, Alfred, because you know there's been a lot of rumors and, and reports that uh, you know with the mass releases and with the you know, difference in booking of bringing guys like Karrion Cross up, that the NXT that we've come to love over the last five or six years may uh, may not be that may not be the NXT anymore, and that you know Vince is. And Vince is looking at it to be more back to more developmental. Uh, interesting, I should note to you, Alfred, and to our uh, audience, normally on these weeks when there's a takeover, for Triple H, Paul Levesque always does a media call with us 
I don't know about you. I haven't got a damn invite to no media. Me call. neither. No, I haven't so, heard a peep about that. I mean, Wednesday is almost gone here. Or at least the business day is done. So I got to think that's not happening. Uh, normally we do them on Wednesdays or Thursdays. So a lot of talk about NXT about what this Sunday is going to be. Is this is this is this truly the you know farewell of the Triple H era of the NXT that he's built up? And we should note that the go home edition of NXT on USA Network Tuesday night. Drew six hundred and fifty-four thousand viewers. That, according to Nielsen, or that, according to Nielsen via Showbuzz Daily, that's down twelve percent uh, from the previous week at seven hundred and fifty-one. Uh, the key demo of eighteen forty-nine also down twenty-one percent. Uh, so, not a good look yeah. for NXT as you're trying to, you know, your go-home shows. You always want there to be uh, elevated interest. Yeah, and it's not going to get any better because they're going to be taping shows uh, coming up on the 23rd and 24th um, in terms of for the future, and that's not going to be good for the ratings. It's not always good to have a show in the can just based on spoilers. I mean, and, you know, the fact that tape shows in NXT tend to kind of be down, so not a lot of momentum, especially coming out of that uh, NXT takeover where they're going into a new period, and it's just very weird to see all these moves being made with NXT because NXT has gone through, even though, you know, we're talking about the NXT that people knew and loved for the past five, six years or whatnot, NXT seems every couple of years to really make a change. You have different eras in NXT, whether it was the Bailey era, this era coming off of Finn Balor getting called down was its own little era in terms of the Wednesday Night Wars, and now this is just another era. A lot of them have been good eras, but uh, I think this is uh, has the most dark cloud over it in terms of there's that implication that Vince is involved with so-and-so, and maybe there's two different ideologies, but uh, I think uh, NXT is going to be able to adapt as long as we're given the chance to but i just don't see signs that wwe has that much of a vested interest in this product so that's i think what my concern would be well and the biggest difference with nxt right now compared to all the other times where you've talked about offered is that this is the first time that, that, that we describe the situation where nxt you know is on usa network live and usa network you know i i i i, I wish i had the report up i i don't want to i want to give proper credit but somebody had a report Somebody had a report. I want to. I, I think it's fightful. I think it was Sean Ross that been fightful. I think he had said like he had talked to you know a USA Network rep, and they basically you know and, and talked about you know would NXT you know go taped? Would it go you know what like what what? And and, and basically they said no. That's not the show that we're paying for. We we want a live NXT. Um, so you know now you know before it was just NXT on the WWE Network, so it was all controlled in house. Now that you're on the USA Network, I mean. You know, so if NXT really truly does, if they do strip away a lot of the magic from it and it does go back to developmental and tape shows, stuff in the can where spoilers are out there, um, I'm going to be really curious what USA Network steps up and says uh, about all that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that came from Andrew Zarian. He has uh, some pretty good reports in terms of the television mm -hmm. network partners and whatnot. Uh, but no, that's absolutely right. And I would, you know, it does show a little bit of sharpness on their end because I know a lot of fans can't tell the difference between live and tape wrestling, but it, there is a difference to a lot of people. And just having it out there kind of stale and the way they're doing it is not the best look for NXT and these TV partners for what they're paying for. And don't think that USA Network won't cancel something, especially a show on the level of NXT. I think the Peacock deal will help and give them a little more rope but uh, usa network has canceled they've got a high uh, bar for the ratings even though the ratings overall have gone down over the years they've canceled tough enough in the past which was doing very good numbers for them just not good enough in that time slot so it's all just going to come down to if it's worth what a rerun of law and order would do and if you have tape shows and the numbers keep going down 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 and they take that for granted you know it might get to the point where usa network says listen we're not paying for this anymore as much as we're paying you we could make a lot more money in terms of profit with a rerun show
Absolutely. And uh, yes, yeah, so Andrew Zarian uh, of Matt Men Podcast. My apologies to Andrew. Uh, so, you know, great. He's, he's been on top of a lot of stories lately. Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful as well, also. And then, of course, Wrestling Inc. Uh, you know, all, all good sources uh, for your wrestling news and a lot of news there is these days. Uh, keeping up with the news, again, all this you can read more on Wrestling Inc. about everything I'm talking about here. Uh, Brian Nobbs, uh, of course, legendary, nasty, one half of the nasty boys. Uh, it's been, uh, it's finding out that his health not doing too well, uh, reportedly uh, very, very serious. Um, and, uh, Eric Bischoff on his podcast noted it was uh, pretty serious. There's been a GoFundMe campaign that's, uh, going on right now that you can uh, take part at trying to reach a goal of 20,000. Um, he's been hospitalized. So, uh, Brian Nobbs, a guy who certainly, if you, uh, you know, grew up in the, in the eighties or nineties, like Alfred and I, you know, all, all over your TV, both WWE and then, you know, having a stint over at WCW, uh, actually Alfred, here's a little, here's a little tie in of, of Brian Nobbs, you and me. Is I think the last time I probably saw you in person was out in California, WrestleMania yeah. 31, 31 weekend, uh, and I was doing one of our meet and greet events, and and you you came out and I got to meet yourself. I think about your brother too. I feel like yeah, yeah, he was there. But yeah, got to hang out with uh, got to hang out with you guys. And Brian Knobs crashed our party, and uh, you know gave me the the the, the nasty pit pity thing. City. No pity city. That's what it, I was trying to forget it. Um, yeah, it was he was it was wild times. But, yeah, that was uh, awesome. Got to meet Vince Russo on that show too. Uh, yes, Vince Russo was our, guy, our was nice our guest. Guy. Vince Russo was our guest there. We did a wine tasting and then a Hall of Fame viewing with Vince Russo, yes. and uh, so a lot of good stuff. So a little little memory down there. But uh, you know, seriously, um, our, our best to Brian Nobbs and his family. Hopefully, hopefully things can get a little bit better, and it's not as hopefully things get better, and this is not the the the, the beginning of the end. Yeah, very high up on my list in terms of my favorite tag teams because I grew up in that era, like you said. And they're in, one of my first LJN action figures was Brian Nobbs. I got to go get that and and bring it up here. I'm thinking about having a setup where I have action figures back here, and he'll definitely be on that wall. And it's really unfortunate to hear uh, this story because he, the Nasty Boys were just such a fun tag team to watch growing up. Somewhere in my closet, I have one of his nasty I am shirts that he gave me that night. And I'm pretty, pretty oh. sure it still has his armpit sweat on the damn thing. Oh, that's awesome. And I think 2.0 did a little tribute to them with their vests tonight. Very nasty boyish. I really liked them. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Good call. Yeah, yeah I didn't even catch that. Good with call. That paint, Good call. That neon paint. Really cool. Good call. Uh, Johnny Skeletor, <laughs> Alfred, please tell me your Applebee's date was more exciting than Raw. I love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Hey, I, I appreciate that. I think they're talking about it. We referenced this like last month during a pay-per-view podcast and whatnot. Uh, a yeah. Days after that, it, it went very well. I, I will say, you know, I'm not going to give too much details. Uh, I will shout out to our sponsors, uh, Manscaped over here. They just have the... Uh, here, here it is, the best cologne, the best uh, clippers and trimmers, and I definitely used some of that stuff uh, shortly before the date, and it, it always seems to just make me more aerodynamic in terms of how great this product is. <laughs> so shout out to Manscaped for changing my love life for the better. Oh, uh, he's he, he's big, he's nasty, he's aerodynamic. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. We'll get back to more Manscaped again. Uh, Jody, Shauna Jenkins, 5 Canadian, I Totally thought Dan Lambert was going to bring out Max Caster when he did his cancer cancel culture <laughs> speech. Plus, AEW is electric. Nothing else is even close. Oh, good booking there, Jenny. I I don't know, uh, Alfred. I don't know what you've heard or what you take from that. I, I Max Caster's days in AEW might be done. That that's what it seems like. So much so that now people you're getting the whole crowd that thinks this is a work, and it seems like I don't think it is. But but yeah, it does seem like he's operating as a man who has plans outside of AEW. Yeah, so we'll wait and see um, what's going to come of that. Uh, jump back over to WWE, uh, or at least current WWE. Uh, so Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, 
they have a women's championship, a SmackDown women's championship match at SummerSlam. Now, this has been a, a point of, of conversation offer because both ladies were uh, pulled off of a advertised live event. And then, you know, for, you know, then we, we haven't seen them on TV. And so there's a lot of concern about like in this day and age, you know, is it, is it COVID? What is it? So there's a lot of question about this, you know, one of these pillar matches to SummerSlam not happening. Uh, but now in an update, it seems they are now cleared for in-ring action and barring something unforeseen, they will be performing at SummerSlam. That according to PW Insider. So I don't know what exactly to make of this. I mean, they're clear that, I mean, that could be COVID. That could be concussion mm-hmm. protocol. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you read the tea leaves, it does look like it, it might be COVID related just due to the fact that they both were pulled from multiple shows. Maybe they were just kind of concerned that uh, that somebody had contacts. You know, it's, it's you know, you don't want to speculate too much in terms of what happened. It just looks like it's a good thing that, you know, again, like you said, clear could mean a, a lot of different things. And coming up to Showtime, this is one of their bigger matches. It's their biggest women's match on the show. Uh, so it's actually very good news that uh, they're going to be able to compete. But uh, it was very weird to see them getting pulled from all those shows because for a while, and, and even still, I, I don't know if 100% we're going to see both of these women in this form in terms of our SummerSlam match. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to keep our eye on that, of course, SummerSlam this Saturday night. So, of course, you can check out Wrestling Inc. for all the full coverage and a live podcast after the event. And uh, last piece of news we will touch on, of course, this is what uh, everybody is really discussing right now that's uh, leading into Friday is a CM Punk. Of course, CM Punk, he's expected, it's rumored, he's going to make a long-awaited return when he appears uh, Friday at the first dance edition of Rampage at the United Center in Chicago, which is sold out. And uh, according according to Fightful Select, so here we go, Fightful, TNT officials are reporting and operating on the assumption that Punk is coming to AEW and that he's going to be there. Uh, so this is this is actually where my mind got mixed up. So this is a fightful, uh, and I'm talking to right. uh, to, to TV execs. Uh, it, it's TNT and Warner Media. Uh, they're 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 pretty pumped. They like all this buzz. They like they like this assumed hype, uh, uh, an, an assumption that CM Punk is coming over to to their programming. And and according to the report, according to the report, Warner Media is ready to put the entire promotional machine behind uh, CM Punk and AEW if and believed to be when he shows up. I love stories like this because, you know, it might not be the sexiest thing hearing about what executives and television executives think, but this is uh, a vote of confidence for professional wrestling. This shows how excited Warner Media and TNT is about having pro wrestling on its program and what it will to push for pro wrestling when it's gotten hot. They, they seem to be very much aware of how hot AEW's gotten. They just came off that month-long streak of one million or more viewers, and now it looks like, you know, them knowing that CM Punk is coming, uh, uh, you know, allegedly, which it's almost 100% he's going to be there for an assortment of reasons. But when he's there, it looks like they're very excited about it. And the fact that they're willing to push it uh, says a lot about it, especially when you look at Rampage. It's good that Rampage is a show that uh, AEW is now trying to establish on the same level as a Dynamite. And the fact that they have a vested interest this early, I think, will be a very good thing for AEW. Yeah, it'll be interesting when Rampage sets it, settles into some tape situations. We'll see how the tape show, you know, Raj and I were discussing this Monday. Will, will the tape show be able to sustain momentum? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and my argument is even if the spoilers are out there, we saw it with SmackDown for many years. You know, SmackDown, even when the spoil, if something big happened, a title change or something like people, sometimes that encouraged people, it gave people a, a red, a, hey, you got to come over here and got to see it actually happen. So I think as long as the uh, level, the quality of talent and, 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 the, and the importance of the storylines are still happening, uh, I, I would hope that they can still still sustain Rampage uh, momentum. So yeah, a lot of it's a it's a hot time right now for AEW. A lot of hype. A lot, you know. I mean, everybody's just counting down. It, it's kind of like you're you're counting down for that night with that special someone, fellas. You know what I'm talking about. You got to be ready. 
you have got to be ready. And that's when you turn to our friends at Manscaped. Now, of course, Manscaped, we thank them. They, they are huge supporters of the wrestling podcast. Helps pay the bills to afford Alfred and I on here talking with you folks every single week. But they, Manscaped, they are the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. They are the champions, all right, of the world. Manscaped, they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched, Alfred, their fourth, fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's right. We got another offer for you, an offer just sitting here watching and playing along. And supporting, that's right. Use the code WINC20 and save 20% plus free shipping over on manscaped.com. Worldwide shipping with the code WINC20. I mean, like, imagine, you know, like, like, look, 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 I, I, I don't get to live the, the, the bachelor, the bachelor style that you do. But you know, I'm a married guy. I got kids. I mean, I'm, I'm on podcasts. I, I mean, I'm busy. So when the time is going to come. When I hear my music and my pyro is about to hit, I got to be ready. I got to be ready and ready. To, I got to be looking good, ready to perform. So that's where I always trust Manscaped. And I, I've become a huge subscriber of them ever since being part of this show. I mean, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. That's right. The Lawnmower 4.0, blown away. I got to try this. I'm blown away by the performance. It, 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 it no more painful oohs, ahs, whatever. It's just a, it's a nice, pleasant experience. You know you're, you're making progress. You know it's all for a good cause. 4.0, you're on the next level. Uh, Manscaped, they engineered this, this, they engineered this trimmer by basically focusing on the uh, functionality, the intelligent function, functionality, and the incredible, comfortable grooming experience. Fourth-generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce the grooming accidents. Like I said, no oohs, no ahs, uh, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I feel confident shaving below the waist. Uh, upgraded trimmer gives you the ability to turn on that 4,000K, 4,000K LED light. So you pop it on. It doesn't matter. You will make sure oh. that you can see what's going on. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 it even allows you to customize your trim all over. So the additional guard lengths with sizes one to four. And did I mention wireless charging? Yes, wireless charging. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic uh, induction, which can help battery length last longer. Take your time, fellas. Manscaped has you covered. So once again, Use the code WINC20. Save 20% plus free shipping no matter where you are in the world. So whether it's a date at Applebee's or you got the kids down at late late at night, you can make sure you are looking and styling and profiling the way you need to be. Woo! Manscaped.com. We thank you very much for all Excellent. the support of this podcast. I love that you woo because Ric Flair was in the news. <laughs> Weird reasons that we don't have to get into, but I'm sure had that been him or whoever that was had used Manscaped before that. Uh, you know that plane ride. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all are in the same boat, right? We turn, we we log on to our Twitter, we see Ric Flair <laughs> trending, and you're like, Ric Flair is trending on a Wednesday. So only yeah. one of two things could have happened: he either unfortunately had another medical scare, or it's more, you know, the more popular. It's Wednesday. Oh, he must be backstage at Dynamite. No, <laughs> not even close. He's backstage somewhere, but it ain't Dynamite. <laughs> He's in somebody's backstage. Yeah, this is great. It's just, uh, it was so much more better reasons that any of them could have been. You know, it's not Ric Flair to AEW rumors, which that's what I thought it was. But no, no, it's uh, so much better. So much better. 
All right. Let's. Uh, you want to get into dynamite now? Sure. <laughs> if we have to, I mean, if, I can do a whole podcast on this trend. <laughs> yes, I think. I think we could. All right, so we we kick it <laughs> off. We kicked Diamond off there in Houston tonight. Uh, hot Houston crowd. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They're making their crowd. They're making their uh, entrance rather through the crowd, and then they're jumped from behind by Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Uh, so they beat them down in the 2.0. They want to transition right into their match. They don't want to wait. They're getting some good heat on the mic, and they call out. And here comes Sting. Uh, Sting on the ramp. Darby from behind, and we're off and rolling. Alfred on a hot tornado tag match that goes all over the building. Finally does end up back in the ring. Uh, we see some highlights here. We see Sting get double powerbomb through a table, but he no-sells it, stands right back up, hits a double Scorpion death drop, does a double Scorpion death lock, and Sting, in his first match in 20 years on TNT, gets the win. He and Darby Allen do. Uh, 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 just a hot way to start this one. Yeah, excellent. Just such a great match in terms of how the crowd ate this up i thought sting was fantastic and as great as sting was you know we'll get into some of these moments with sting but i thought 2.0 was so good and they've been great even the last days in nxt in terms of whenever they got that opportunity to talk on the mic and to get heated heels and they were just the perfect heels in terms of guys who were bumping for sting and just making sting look like a million bucks even at his advanced age and i thought sting was really really excellent in the fact that when they put him to that table i'm just like oh my god they're gonna beat sting like there's no way and him just getting up from that it was just such a great in terms of uh, throwing back to what he used to do and how he used to be like the vintage Sting. I, I thought that they didn't do anything that they wouldn't have done with the Sting at like, you know, 35 that he was in, in tonight at like the age 50 or so. And I just thought that uh, this whole match was just so much fun. It was very weird to see uh, John Moxley start kind of a trend where he got jumped from behind and three matches after that, I believe, uh, started with somebody get jumped from behind. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was really good. No, it was actually the next match right after. You're not mistaken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I noticed this. Actually, I made a note of that. Like, does everybody need to walk around with a rearview mirror to see what's coming behind them? Yeah. Uh, but but for before we get to that, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, they really handled this match. I mean, they handled Sting perfectly. And what I mean is, you know, Sting still did a big a big bump in the fans' eyes. Um, you know, actually, a, a table spot like that in the ring is one of the the, the safest hardcore looking spots that you can actually do um especially two guys doing it having control of of putting him through but not to take away all the magic to everybody but it, it, it was pretty controlled because by doing a tornado tag match that's all over like that the match is a lot of just punching kicking you know running into walls and hard objects it's not it's not requiring keep it in the ring it's not requiring traditional tag match of of cutoffs and heat and hope spots and hot tags you know know, things that might you know ask more of the cardio might ask more of technical wrestling it really just you know it's it's kind of like the the royal rumble kind of formula punch kick struggle in the corner you don't got to do too much the fans are masked by just seeing the chaos of all men being legal uh, and just moving around the building and being up close and personal so this is really just a great way to uh, again hide and, and, and take off any pressure of sting having to perform as if he's in his prime, uh, but a great way f- uh, to start this show. I thought the show, this was not the most exciting Dynamite two hours, but I thought it was bookended start to f- start and then how right. they finished very well. Uh, so, yeah, so Darby Allen and Sting stand strong. Of course, Darby Allen, uh, he's, you know, amidst a lot of the CM Punk rumors with best in the world references. And so we'll have to wait and see if, if you caught the United Center first dance package they aired the oh. last thing the last thing they promoted is darby allen is this close to becoming the best in the world so yep. uh, a lot of uh a lot of moments right now we're all fantasy booking uh, of what could be uh friday and beyond 
All right, so moving on, we get Sammy Guevara. Of course, he's from Houston. Uh, and they showed a clip earlier. Sammy Guevara that night put his girl on the spot, asked her a uh, proposal. I got to give a shout out to my girl, Gabby, who's our associate producer on Busted Open on Sirius XM. I'm, you know, I'm on there every Friday morning with David Greg and Mark Henry. Gabby had the tweet of the night when she's like, on. On-the-fly public marriage proposals are way overrated, she goes, because as the girl, if you don't say yes, you're the heel. Yeah, you are. And she ain't wrong. <laughs> Listen, one of, one of my favorite YouTube rabbit holes to go down is sometimes I'll just go down public wedding proposals gone wrong, and there's just plenty of them out there where they're at stadiums, and the woman just runs out the building, and they're, oh. they're cringeworthy. It's not like I'm reveling in somebody's pain. But it's like that's the risk you take when you put somebody on the spot like that. And I just don't blame you. You can't tell them how to react. Bro, I'm going to text you in like three hours. I'm going to be up now <laughs> under that on that wormhole thanks to you. I didn't even know that existed. I get dragged into it every time. I just watch one like, oh, oh, I can't. Okay, two more hours. I'll do it for two more hours. Oh, uh, yeah. When I when I read Gabby's tweet, I, I legit LOL'd. Uh, you can follow her on Great. Twitter at, at Gift of Gab, G-A-B-X-S-X-M. So like Sirius XM, Gift of Gab. At, I'm giving that a follow Give her a follow. I mean, she's she's tremendous. Tell her tell her your boy, uh, Labar sent sent you. Uh, she's she's a fun tweet, a fun follow, fun tweets. All right, so yeah, we get Sammy Guevara uh, fresh off the marriage proposal. Uh, he's gonna have a match against Sean Spears, but he gets jumped by Spears. Alex <laughs> Alfred Alfred said like a little little redundant. Uh, little we need a little quality control. This producer needs to talk to this producer. Hey, what what are yeah. we doing? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Sean Spears attacks. So this match again, um. Kind of a nice touch. This match had the a lot of brawling and fighting before the bell ever rings to the point of where Tully helps uh, Spears. They do the, the, the pile driver on Guevara outside the ring, but it's, it's not a DQ because the match hasn't started. And then the match finally does start and looks like Tully's about to help again. And, and Aubrey, the ref, throws Tully out of there. So I thought that was nice. I thought in a lot of my complaints, and there was plenty more as the night goes on about AEW's officiating and what the rule books are, it was a nice touch of like, having this having this outside interference happen before the match technically has started um this is cool to watch alfred i mean they had the guardrail yeah. drape bridge from apron to other guardrail uh, we, we got a death valley driver into it sammy hits i didn't like sammy hit that six whatever the damn degree is 630, 630 and it was a false finish that, 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 that yeah. don't kick out of that he kicked out of a couple of things that I was like, okay come on what are we doing here and the crowd seemed to be a little annoyed in terms of him kicking out when they thought it was a finish yeah, it should have been done there. It should have been. Uh, Sammy ends up going on to win, but it should have been. It should have been over at the at the at the top rope move. But Sammy gets a win, home hometown boy. Um, Sammy Guevara uh, on a babyface uh, rise here. Yeah, this is incredible. This is a lot of fun to watch, and I think this is Sean Spears' best work as a heel in terms of from bell to bell in the match. I thought he was so good, and part of that, what worked in terms of watching from home, was Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone being so indignant whenever he'd make a pass at Sammy Guevara's soon-to-be wife. They would just be like, oh, like JR had that line where he's just like, oh, stop being a jackass or something like that, where they seem to really get, get on him for that. But I thought uh, Sean Spears was really good in terms of you just saw this sweet moment with Sammy Guevara, and now here he is being a sleazebag about it. Uh, you know, the, we talked about the attack from behind. And anytime you do a heel move, it would cost him. You'd end up getting his comeuppance almost immediately where he flipped him off at the top. And then he got that top rope uh, move that I thought should have been the finish. And uh, just, you know, just kind of uh, facing off with Sammy Guevara and, and being a jerk. Every time he did it, he would, you know, get his comeuppance. So I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah, it could have ended at that first or even second false finish. But I thought this was really good. Yeah, overall is enjoyable. Again, the crowd's really into it, so that that helps. You know, that helps keep you into it if you're watching at home. But yeah, the, the, again, it's one of those. That's probably like the biggest thing. AEW's a lot of talent, fun talent. It's never a dull show. I'll always give them that. It's never dull. It's never redundant. 
Uh, I mean, they know how to never recycle, which obviously that's like the theme of Raw. Uh, but I, that is my biggest thing I'll say about AEW. Besides the the the, the officiating blurred lines of rules, is like sometimes just know when to stop. Yeah, like we don't have to overproduce every segment. We don't have to have every, not everybody has to have FaceTime. You know, it's kind of like a, it's you know I don't I don't like indie wrestling being used as a derogatory term. You know, I, I help work with an independent a, a very good independent wrestling company but there is there is the negative connotation of like oh that was too indie and something yeah. like let me hit that spot and that to still be a kick out to keep going that was that was too indie um yeah definitely so. agree. uh gaming uh sage pro two dollars sammy hurt spears bad sammy needs to be careful i didn't get it he uh spears did start bleeding pretty profusely toward the oh, end of the match and okay. i hope he's okay too but i will say that was fortuitous juice in terms of what we're talking about in terms of there were a lot of false finishes but it wasn't until the man started bleeding for real that he finally lost almost as if like you slayed the dragon so i thought from that standpoint it, it helped the finish but yeah he was bleeding pretty badly toward the end and i hope he's okay i'll admit i had uh, I, I was i was multitasking taking notes and doing other things i i saw sammy I did see as in the final pinfall he had that he had Spears' blood like smearing on his leg. Did. I didn't I didn't catch what prompted the blood. I didn't so I don't know. So I, I missed that. So I apologize. Um if anybody I'll try to keep an eye on the chat. If anybody has that, you can pass it along. Yeah, there but, were a couple uh, of strikes toward the end where one of them seemed to connect for real. And I'm only assuming that that might have done it because that's when he, he he didn't believe for much in the match. It wasn't until the very end, but yeah, we'll we'll see what it was. Very good, very good. Uh, we get next. We get a segment. This was a segment that uh, we thought we might get last week here in Pittsburgh, and they decided yes. to, decided to push it off. I, I know Alfred get excited for this. Uh, Dan Lambert, of course, MMA uh, MMA Jim uh, uh, and, and coach and owner Dan Lambert. Uh, he's out there. He's cutting up again on the fans. Uh, you're not hardcore. You just need a hard on, and they just just attacking the fans. Cancel culture. And uh, here comes Lance Archer to cancel Dan Lambert, but then he's jumped by. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page and yeah, I, I knew I I wasn't even gonna bother texting you off because I was like, let me just save it for the show. I knew <laughs> that you were loving this. I absolutely did. I think this guy is so good. I wrote on Twitter, pound for pound, the best promo in the business. And I only say pound for pound because he doesn't get to be on TV every single week. So he doesn't get that chance to be watered down. But when he is, he's amazing. And, and it just goes back to his impact days. I just thought he's so good at seeming like he legitimately despises these fans. He puts so much passion into his promos. And I do think that while he probably is a fan of AEW and in real life, you probably appreciate what these guys are doing. I do think there is a part of him because he is a legitimate life lifelong wrestling fan who collects all these rare belts i think there's a part of him who just misses that old school type of wrestling and and sees what AEW does and thinks that some of that spits in its face and I, I just thought that this was very good i liked how okay this is the third straight segment that we now saw somebody get attacked from behind uh but i did like the fact that they did have an out for like okay lance archer's gonna go in there with these two shooters and what he's gonna run down like they would have seem a little like pro wrestling but uh, I like the fact that they got out of that with Lance Archery on his way, and then he got attacked so that we didn't have to suspend our disbelief too much. I'm curious what the end game is here. What are we building to? That's a great question for this feud. I, I don't know if this is because this is now two weeks with Lance Archer, so hopefully they're not just you're doing it just to do it, but hopefully Lance Archer finds somebody. You know, maybe it's Braun Strowman. Maybe we get Lance Archer and Braun Strowman against, uh, uh, I don't know if it would be the UFC guys, Orlovsky and uh, Junior Dos Santos who were there tonight. I don't know how much wrestling training they have, but that is a very good question because as entertaining as this is, uh, it has to have some kind of end game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Did WWE ever trademark get these hands? You know, 
Oh, that's a good, good question. But it's it's you know it's like we have so again we have so much to promote. AEW has so much to promote. You know, obviously this Friday and then All Out and then the the Arthur Ashe you know show at Queen Queens. Like so, I mean there's there's, there's and then they have a, then they'll have a pay per view in November I believe. So you know like there's, so there's plenty of destinations to you know I, I'm just curious what it actually is. So we'll we'll yeah. keep an eye on that. They might just and this might be a more disappointing future, but they might spin this off into a feud with Lance Archer and the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Which, you know, given the potential of Dan Lambert talking for whoever he ends up talking for it, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to use him that much. So they're probably just using this segment to get attention on what they're doing with Lance and the men of the year. No, that's a good point. I could see that. Uh, Gaming Sage Pro came back in. It was a knee, of course, referring to my question about how did Sammy busted him open. Dave Boyce, yeah. uh, his knee hit him hard. So thank you, everybody, for filling me in there. You're kind of like our, uh, our, our third man here on this podcast uh, helping us out. All right, so then we get uh, the Young Bucks versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, Young Bucks always, always loud in their outfits, so loud, in <laughs> fact, that my my wife walked into the room and she's not real familiar with, I guess, at least, at least seeing the Young Bucks in their uh, entrance gear as of late. And she goes, whoa, it looks like somebody's mom went a little crazy with the glue gun and decoration. <laughs> See, that would have made the tweet of the night. <laughs> yeah. um, Pink Dior Jordans, too. And I said, I was like, you know, those are two of the executive vice presidents of the company. She goes, it doesn't look like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so she, the young Buck's not over with Mrs. Labar. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Bucks for Jungle Boy, the source. The, the crowd was so into this. This was a hot, hot crowd. There is so much going on here. I'm not even going to try to do play by play of it, but, you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you got, Christian trying to get out there. You got Kenny Omega with the chair hitting uh, Marco's stunt. Um, a terrible distraction of a brainbuster suplex into the chair. It's a false finish. A lot of near falls that had the people actually believe in maybe, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are actually going to take these titles off of the Bucks. But at the end of the day, the Bucks end up getting the win. Um, and then after the fact, it's a big, big all out. Uh, you know, being the elite brawl and and beat down. Uh, namely, really attacking Christian. Of course, Kenny Omega and Christian still have another match lined up to go here uh, i mean alfred what do you think of the business overall that's been accomplished here that like i guess you know the match and then and then the the, the stuff with omega and christian who but real quick for answer did you notice what kenny omega was wearing his shirt oh no i didn't i should have paid attention to it but what, i mean it was a nice shirt i knew the cause but i did not pay attention what was it so of course he had the cookie monster shirt a few weeks ago which we noted the the, the, the tonight was chick magnet i knew it so another another what does cm stand for yes for yes cm I mean, you know again if, if you're if you're a new fan CM Punk, uh, the rumors, of course, and, and there's always been a long-standing like myth of what does CM Punk mean? Is it Cookie Monster? Is it Chicago Made? Is it Chick Magnet? Uh, all the stuff, and there you go. Uh, your thoughts? Seems to be the most popular one as to what it means because I believe he was in a tag team with his brother, and his brother was a Chick Magnet as well in terms of what he called himself. Uh, but but that's very interesting. This was a very fun watch match to watch in terms of how the crowd ate it up. It really did get over. There were some fun spots, especially Brandon Cutler, who I think is very funny with those spray cans and how he uses them and he's just spraying. But like there were points in this match where it's like, is this like does this referee even need to be here? Like what exactly? It did. Forget the distraction, the, the distraction spot with the chair. Yeah. I just, I 
Sorry, go ahead. It, I absolutely understand. It, it, it's it, forget like suspension of disbelief. At some point, it just got to the point where it's like, look, it's very hard to even believe that this is even a match anymore. Like, are they just going to end it because of the amount of people around or in the ring at one point in this match? And Kenny Omega, here comes Christian. It was it was ridiculous in terms of how that broke down. Uh, but I did think that this was, a, you know, Jungle Boy took some crazy dives in this match where he had that uh, superplex off of Luchasaurus's shoulder that they landed on their side, and there were a couple of spots that. I was very concerned in terms of how he landed, uh, but every it's like they tried to do everything in this match, and it could definitely have used a little editing. It's that indie again, overproduced a little bit. That's exactly what this was. Uh, I want to get some love. We just started in the last couple months live streaming to our Twitch channel, so if you're a Twitch person, so you can comment there as well. I want to give some love to that. Uh, Delin thirteen, do you guys think that the young bucks are what they're doing are getting stale? No, actually, I'll be honest. I actually think when the bucks started turning heel, when they did the whole thing of like, are they with Kenny or they not? I was I was very head scratching. Like, why would you take one of your most over babyface acts and like even do this? But I actually think that they 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 are they're tremendous heels. Yeah. Um, so I I'm actually cool with this. I absolutely love this gimmick. I love that they're adding little wrinkles to the gimmick in terms of not only aesthetically, but now when they're doing promos, they're shooting basketballs, and and it's very funny and they're very entertaining and how they are presented as an act, especially with Don Callis there. I think with so many personalities and moving parts of this table, it could very much easily be a mess. But what's ironic, it's not a mess until they get into the ring. Like their matches are a mess in terms of the people involved and whatnot, but their promos and the act, despite all the personalities that they have to get over, is very very good. It clicks really well with the elite. Another Twitch comment, uh, Naft Gaming, Naft underscore gaming. Uh, wait, I thought he was wearing an old Miz merch. Uh, of course, the Miz used to have a chick magnet shirt uh, once upon a time. So that's a good, good little reference there. Uh, so, again, appreciate everybody watching live on Twitch. Shout out to everybody who's, you know, a lot of the people watching live on YouTube. And, again, if you're listening, if you're watching this after the fact, thank you. If you're listening to this after the fact, I always love it. I always ask for this call to action every now and again. Tweet me, tweet Alfred uh, at This Is Nasty. I always love to hear, how do you consume this podcast? Are you are you commuting to work? Are you are you drowning out the boss in the you know at work uh, when when they're not walking around? Are you at school you put, putting it in one ear? I always love to know is this is this your your woosah time where you're you're sitting having a brewski on the on the on the porch? Like what what do you do for this podcast? I always love Listening to know. To it in an airplane? Yeah, I always airplane. I always love to know. Like how do people? I mean, we, we have the, the the numbers continue to grow. It, it is it is tremendous. The numbers that continue to grow live and archive. So I'm always curious. Like. What's people's, uh, you know, context of how they use this? So please, uh, tweet at me, tweet at Alfred. Love to know. Love to get. Love to give you a reply. Love to give you a like. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Uh, keeping us going here. Uh, we get Paul White in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Of course, a week prior, Paul White came and uh, saved Tony Schiavone and Tony Schiavone's son uh, here in Pittsburgh from uh, uh, what could have been a, a bad attack from QT Marshall. And his nightmare, uh, or in his factory, a bunch. Uh, so we get Paul White in the ring. He's inter- interrupted by QT. QT basically saying, "Look, there's a reason why Tony Khan brought you here as an announcer, not a wrestler." QT starts to show X-rays, talking about the amount of operations that Paul White has had uh, on his hand and his hip and all this stuff. And then Paul White shuts him down and says, "Well, you're apparently not as in the know backstage as you make yourself out to be, because I talked to Tony Khan, and I am going to have a match at All Out." And that match is against you, QT Marshall. So Paul White having his first in-ring match outside of WWE and since 1998. Because I mean, he yeah. debuted in '99, but it was yeah. February '99. I don't think he. I think he last wrestled in like late '98. 
for WCW. So the first time in over 20 years, that's the point. First time in over 20 years, Paul White uh, and, a, and a ring in a match uh, somewhere else other than the WWE. It's going to be against QT Marshall on pay-per-view at All Out. Uh, Alfred, are you excited for this? Does the novelty of seeing Paul White, aka, uh, you know, formerly known as the Big Show, uh, in the ring, does that get you going? Or were you never, were you kind of stale on him as a wrestler in WWE? No, no, it kind of, I mean, he definitely soured in WWE, but th- there is some novelty of Paul White wrestling for the first time in AEW. I think they're going to keep it short. I don't think it's going to be self-indulgent. I think it's just going to be a moment for what's going to be a hot crowd. And now we're looking at a pay-per-view where, you think about this, at the beginning of the year when 2021 started, would you think that CM Punk, Christian, and The Big Show would be on an AEW pay-per-view in 2021? That's insane for a certain amount of reasons. That is the last combination of people I thought would be on the same pay-per-view, you're going to get that at All Out. That is just crazy to think about. And I thought this segment, given the fact that it just led to, which is a big announcement, they could have handled this in five minutes less than they got. I, I thought for a show that was running up against the clock and they had to really rush out of that main event, I, I thought that they could have given more time to that main event and this was just going on and on. And I just like, if this is the end game, you guys really could have done this with a backstage segment with a special graphic, but it took way too long to get to where they were going here. That's a good call. This was, in retrospect, it was a little long for what the what the what the end goal was to announce a match here. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm 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 curious for the Paul White in ring debut. I don't know if it's for the right reasons. Like I'm, like yeah, I'm not expecting a long match. I'm like, I'm, like I'm curious. Like we've heard the music now, and I think I noted the music sounds like they grabbed the same guy that sang his WWE yeah. theme. It might be the same guy for all I know. Um, yeah, I want to see what the ring gear looks like. I want to see like. I just want to see the the ring. I just want to see the repertoire. I just want to see is this is is this a different Paul White? Is this a different Big Show? I guess so. I don't yeah. know if that's a, I don't know if that's the right reason. I don't. I really don't care about the story. Uh, in fact, I, the story feels very forced and manufactured. But I, I, you know, I will buy. I will you know check in to see Paul White in a different ring that's not WWE. Uh, Super chat from Gary Adams, uh, four ninety nine. Thank you, Gary. Keep up the great work, Alfred and Justin. You guys are my favorite combo on the hey. podcast. We appreciate that. Yeah, Alfred and I've done this together. We've done this a time or two with each other. Uh, yeah, uh, that's been a theme today. I've seen uh, some different comments of favorite. There, there was a, a tweet earlier. I don't think they tag. They didn't tag everybody in it, Alfred. But I'll, I'll read it back to you. Um, there was it, the, the the account is it's the husband and wife and Mister and Mrs. Counts the Adventures of Mister and Mrs. Uh, Eisted. I think. Oh, nice. that's right. And it said Mister and Mrs. Picking their top three wrestling Inc. all time podcast peeps. Wow, Mister. Said Matt Morgan, Raj, and Justin. Mrs. said Justin, Glenn, and Alfred. Looks like Justin Labar is the real winner here. So <laughs> yeah, you got over with both of them. I'm I, I, I'm I'm, pl- I'm I'm pleasing the the, the 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 husband and the wife here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a family favorite. Man wow. of the people. Man of the family. Man of the people. Justin Labar. Wow, look at those pull numbers. I love them. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we got Hook and Taz there in the ring. Uh, or actually, before that, we actually find out there's going to be a tag team uh, kind of tournament situation that's going to go on to determine number one contenders for the Bucks and whoever is going to face the Bucks at All Out for the titles in a cage match, so no outside interference. Uh, that that I mean, that's good. I, I, I plenty of tag teams out there for them to to work into this. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you're, you're talking about this like a uh, eliminator tournament, right? In terms of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that does seem to be a, like sprung kind of randomly, but I, I like that they're doing this and they're keeping an emphasis on that. And, and that steel cage match should be wild. I mean, I'm very much looking forward to what they do, and hopefully, it doesn't get ruined by outside interference. Well, speaking of interference, Hook and Taz are in the ring, and they get ready to bring out Ricky Starks. He comes out, uh, and then he wants Brian Cage, but Brian Cage ends up getting attacked from behind backstage by Powerhouse Hobbs. 
Uh, and then the rest of the team has, uh, you know, departs and hits to the backstage. I don't know what it is, Alfred. I'm sorry. Team Taz stuff just has not clicked to me up to this point. It has not clicked. No, you're not the only one. This is, I mean, they're not really featured consistently enough. Uh, they're kind of in their own little universe for that FTW title that AEW won't even sanction. So it's very hard to take them seriously from that standpoint. And I just don't think since they were working with Sting and Darby and they were doing such high scale stuff like that cinematic match they had was incredible. I thought that was very good in terms of cinematic match. I think since then they just peaked at that moment and they haven't gotten that magic back. And it just it is very hard to care about what these two sides are doing, and it's very hard for me to keep up and remember who's babyface and who's heel in this. In yeah, this yeah, you know, like the, the, the departure of Brian Cage not being in the group anymore. Like that, this just hasn't, this hasn't taken off. Like I don't know, just it's just kind of floundering there. Um, yeah, Starks looks like he St- Ricky Starks looks like a star. Mm-hmm. Just the way he, you know, he looks like a young rock. Um, powerhouse Hobbs I mean again looks got it but I just uh, there hasn't been a consistency there uh, I mean hooks obviously I think hooks the greenest of them all from what sure. uh, from what we've been able to gather Taz's son he's getting some great heat I think the live crowd was chanting Justin Bieber at him I mean he's getting some heat there but uh, I don't know I just I, it hasn't clicked all the way I just I'm that is a good point. They have the talent. I mean, they have guys. You know, Ricky Starks is the real deal. And Brian Cage, obviously, we've seen him in the ring. And, uh, you know, Will Hobbs is excellent. He just needs some more time. Uh, it's just they haven't figured out exactly what this is. What, it, what does it mean to be on Team Taz? And why should we care? Because this infighting, it, the focus is Team Taz. And I don't think they're a strong enough brand for us to be like, oh, no, Team Taz is breaking. Yeah, exactly. And, and I want to give shout-out to Ricky Starks. I, I, did a, you know, I did a media thing with him last last week. We, we were at a, a charity event at the food bank last uh thursday again I, I say young rock he's got that that natural charisma i watched yeah. him you know talk to somebody like me just having a conversation you know a wrestling person then i watched him go in front of a lot of mainstream local tv stations and cameras and microphones of people that don't know wrestling and he, and he just and he turned it on and he's charming and then he's he's you know sarcastically cruel and then he's funny and i mean he really just and just in you know 90 second sound bites is able to take people on a ride so i mean this this kid's got a lot of potential and i, I think i know so again i i i have interest in the team taz people but as a unit as you said you said it perfectly oh no team taz has dissension i, I just haven't <laughs> got there with on my yeah. care carrying meter yet uh another person who was part of that same event that i just referenced and also then came as a surprise guest at our meet and greet for Busted open with myself, David Greca, and Mark Henry, and Gabby, who I said go follow her earlier. All four of us are there. It's Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, uh, she yeah, I saw her a lot here last week in Pittsburgh. She is over Ooh, like Rover God. with her Texas neighbors, Alfred. She's up against Penelope Ford, and she is the fan favorite if there ever was so, and rightfully so. And a pretty lengthy women's match by uh, AEW standards. Thunder Rosa gets the win via submission. I, I thought Thunder Rosa, I, I, I would. Sign what you got to sign to keep her. Absolutely. Thunder Rose is already a superstar. She's already very talented. She's already popular uh, in AEW. Uh, but a, a reception like this just took her to the next level in terms of her being presented as a superstar that she is because this crowd absolutely ate this up. I think they made this match. It was a fine match, but they did have some kind of miscues throughout the match. But I think the crowd really elevated it. And I thought, uh, I mean, Thunder Rose is just you're right. I mean, she's a huge star, somebody they should absolutely build around. And and I love that she got this reaction from what they kept calling her adopted hometown of Houston, Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thunder Rosa, I mean, she, you know, uh, build from Mexico, obviously, you know, Mexico, you know, I, I'm, I'm just surprised. Again, I know there, there's much more to the story and you can go on Wrestling Inc. and find it in the archives. I'm surprised Thunder Rosa did not 
I'm surprised she wasn't one as Thunder Rosa an in-ring performer that WWE and it did not that 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 did not happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just well, well, there's there's always that quest of uh, of of reaching different uh, branching out. Well, WWE, I mean, I'm just surprised that they didn't. That uh, I thought about this because I watched the NWA show. I really watched that as a fan. I wish I covered them more, but I love that NBA NWA show they do weekly. And when I first started seeing her there, I was like, "What the like?" With all due respect, like, why isn't she with one of these national companies, preferably WWE, because they always put an emphasis on creating that next Hispanic superstar to follow what Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero were able to do with her ratings. And I just looked at Thunder Rosa when I first started watching her and how much she embraced that culture and putting the uh, Hispanics the paint on her face and all that stuff. I always thought this would be a no-brainer in, in, in WWE. What is she not doing there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I forget the full story. I think it was they wanted her to be a coach or referee or something. I, yeah. I don't know. I, but like that. I don't know. I mean, I know she's not the biggest. I know she's not the biggest in stature, but still. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, AEW and NWA's gain. So. Um, all right, here we go. Main event. This is what everybody tuned in to see. Finally, after going through all the labors, Chris Jericho gets to go up against MJF. MJF makes his entrance first, as a heel should. Now it's time for Jericho. Gimmick Bean, no Judas effect, no Judas entrance music. And the crowd singing in unison, all 5,000 or whatever them the, the, this building held, 5,000 singing all together. Uh, Jericho's entrance, such a cool entrance. Yes. Co- and then everything about this was on point. Camera cuts there for all these reactions, people singing. Some people had like karaoke cue cards for all the lyrics. Um, commentary, shut, they, they, they all stayed quiet. They shut up and just let that moment sing. Even to the point, you can catch it and, and then, uh, hang on, I'll try to give, I'd like to give shout outs to people. Um, shout out to uh, a- a- at Anthony Gamina, who, yes, Anthony, I caught this. He said, tweeted to myself and Raj, what a veteran move by Jericho to signal off Dasha from his ring announcement. I know this is a detail. Mm-hmm. Justin Labar will be all over. You're right, Anthony. Jericho comes out. He lets hears the crowd start singing. They do the pyro. And then after the pyro is the cue by the stage manager uh, uh, for the ring announcer to start doing the entrance, the introduction. And Dasha went to do it. And he quickly, Jericho quickly, and they cut away from it too. He quickly is telling her, no, don't do it. This is the entrance. This yeah. is the introduction. Such a cool way to start. Uh, that alone, Alfred. I know that alone. You you already have this match. This 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 in my mind. This few this match could have been a co-main event for an all-out type of an event. So the fact they're giving it away on free dynamite, I was a little bit shocked. But just that entrance set the stage perfectly. One of the best television moments in AEW history. It is something that I'm going to be watching over and over. I already saved the tweet and downloaded the video just for my viewing pleasure because I just loved that this audience was able to sing it in unison and just kind of play him out to the ring. Made Jericho come off as a huge star. And that, that's very interesting. I love hearing that nugget of Jericho cutting her off because I definitely noticed she started. And his opponent, she stopped. And my thought was, Whoever, whether it was Dasha cutting herself off, whether it was her mic getting shut off, or whether it was what it ended up being Jericho, whoever made the call to have her stop that entrance is on the ball because you do not want that stepping on what was a great moment and what, you know, I thought was just so much fun to watch these fans singing word for word Jericho's song and doing the Judas. This this really should be his entrance, really. I like this as much as that Judas entrance with the music is great. Uh, you know, it might get old after a while, but this should be the entrance with no music in the crowd singing. Yeah, if you go back and watch it, uh, he as soon as the pyro's done, she starts. And she doesn't get very far, and he was quick. So I don't, I yeah. who knows? I don't know if he told her ahead of time. Look to me, let's see. Like, oh, yeah, I think that you think that's a hope. If you're telling everybody you can't have the entrance music, entrance music, you kind of hope that maybe the fans who already sing it anyways yeah. would do it. So I don't know if he said 
look at me and let's see if they sing it. Maybe if they don't sing it, well, we can't just have dead air. So then you just go ahead and announce me and that'll get them going, whatever. But he quickly did this real quick and they cut the camera away to all the different uh, fan reactions that I was referencing. And it really worked. And I like that idea, Alfred. Maybe moving forward, have his music start to let everybody know he's coming and to get them all on the same page so they know where the song's at. But then kind of like what they were already doing, they would let it play until he got in the ring and then they would they'd always fade it down and let fans finish it. Maybe fade it down after the pyro. Just let yeah. let the fans start to just take it from this point on because that that's just as powerful. Yeah. Really uh, cool. Stella Justin Lopez four ninety nine. This was the right call here for MJF to go over. Only thing is, I don't know where they go with uh, both guys with the pay per view being so close. Yeah. Uh, great point. We'll get to that here in just a second as we build to that end. So get into the match. Ding ding ding. Here we go. Um, a big start here. A pretty fun <laughs> sequence outside where MJF takes the camera from the cameraman, proceeds to walk around giving a point-of-view, first-person view with his holding the camera. He's giving the middle finger. He's going around the front row. They're giving the middle finger back to him. Then he gets to Jericho. Jericho punches the camera. <laughs> MJF, Jericho punches the lens of the camera, but MJF still bumps, <laughs> which is kind of fun. And then Jericho grabs the camera. Uh, so this is a really cool, you know, this will go down in the replay archives uh, for, for TNT to have there. Yeah. Um, MJF, he's doing some old school work, you know, on the left elbow of Jericho. Uh, you know, Jericho then at this point, as we're getting towards the finish, Jericho tries to grab Floyd, the baseball bat. MJF grabs his ring. Aubrey catches the ring, so she's distracted getting the ring out of there. The, the, the on the soft finger, Jericho hits MJF with the bat. Then Jericho wants to do the juice effect and remembers he can't. So that hesitation causes um, a moment of delay and then causes MJF to hit the Judas effect on him. And then MJF gets him in the armbar submission and Jericho taps out something that's not a, a, a regular occurrence. Jericho even or uh, Jim Ross even notes. I don't even think I've ever seen Chris Jericho tap out. And so Chris Jericho taps out to MJF. Uh, Alfred, do you agree with this? I'm very shocked to see that it was a tap out. Um, I do agree with MJF winning this match. The only thing I don't agree with, I'm shocked that they're doing this big blow off the fifth labor in this long buildup to a TV match. So, you know, if you're a TV partner, it does show that AEW has a vested interest because, you know, we often talk on this podcast about the history of TV partners kind of getting salty when AEW has a big moment or a big match without announcing it. And, Seeing that they're going to do that again with CM Punk um, when they could have, you know, really, I think it's a difference of 100,000 people, maybe even more if you announce that CM Punk's going to be on our show. Uh, but I guess this is the other side of that coin. And so from a TV standpoint to draw a big rating, I'm, I guess I'm fine with Jericho and MJF. And, and hopefully it does, because then it would reward AEW for long term storytelling over the course of five weeks, which I thought was a phenomenal story. And one of the reasons that MJF is my favorite character, he's a character that has a strategy in terms of weakening his opponent that is just such heelish and it's week after week after week he's going to put you in situations that make you weaken to where he's beating these legends he's beating these titans of the industry but he's doing it by these nefarious means like a true heel and i just love it yeah there's a lot to unpack here so first off let's do jericho jericho um you know once you know guy loses um but i think if this was going to be what signals jericho off tv for a little bit it's the right time Mm -hmm. You know, Dynamite's a two-hour show. Rampage is a one-hour show. You know, you got Mal. I got you know, you have recent sign. You know, kind of like the same thing with Cody Rhodes disappearing for a while. You got Malachi Black there. Miro's taking off. 
you have you believe incoming CM Punk. You believe incoming uh, Brian Danielson. Who knows what other free agents? You know Braun Strowman. You know, who knows who else also is lurking there? Uh, you know, you there, 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 there's there's TV time to be had for others, so you don't need to necessarily have the Cody's and the Jericho's and the people that you had to lean on to build uh, from the foundation. So the, the, there's that end of it, and then you know, yeah, I agree with you. You know, again, like I said, you could have this could have been a pay per view number, but they decided to do it as a main event for a big show uh, for Dynamite uh, to sell some tickets in Houston. And then you look at MJF, and it's like, all right, he's still undefeated, I believe, in singles competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may or if, if, if you look at his record, it's like, well, this guy should be the guy challenging for a title, but he's a heel. Kenny Omega is the world title holder. Miro's the TNT title holder, so like he's a heel. Like the heels are holding the belts. MJF's not going to go up for the belts now. So I, I guess it's just like, where else do you go with MJF? I, the only other thing I can think, so they kind of like teased it in the previous weeks, is like, you know, maybe he and Wardlow, he and the Pinnacle, start to have problems. You know, mainly again he and Wardlow, because he kind of teased that uh, in recent weeks. I, I guess because I, I, he and him winning, I'm just like MJF. MJF is. Screw Christian MJF to me is like a number one contender. You know what I mean? That's a great point. That actually kind of sparked off. Do you think with AW now having Rampage as well? Do you think they need another belt? Um, you know, the last thing you want to see is belts getting watered down. And I know that they've shuffled in belts from other promotions, but if they only have these two titles in their heels in terms of singles champions, this is kind of a bind that you're going to have this long log jam. But not only MJF, any heel who starts to really get over is going to have to wait their turn in terms of babyface champion potentially. I don't think you add any other AEW singles titles because like you said you know they're willing to work with impact and nwa so you already have titles coming that way i think the next titles that get added would be i could see a three like a, a trios title right they do they do so many trios and stables that would make sense um but i don't see another in-house singles title and I will say this. I was at the New Japan show in L.A. this past week, which is a hot show, great show. And throughout the show, they were making uh, AEW references in terms of I'm going to come to Jay White had one. Uh, Lance Archer said that Tanahashi needs to come to AEW because he has that title in Tanahashi. I believe kind of hinted that he would. Uh, so maybe one of these titles from another promotion is something that MJF could you know sink his teeth into. Yeah. So I have to say uh, from Twitch, uh, House Hardy, Justin LaBar. Yeah, House Hardy, thank you. Um, little shout out there. Yeah, I mean a lot, a lot going on. And then you got Matt Hardy. He's 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 on a, a collision course with Orange Cassidy. I love yes. that. There's just could you imagine Orange Cassidy on the Hardy compound? Oh, they could do all kinds of great stuff, especially if they have one of those uh, final deletion type matches. I mean, there's all kinds of zaniness you could see. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that was AEW Dynamite. So again, we are kind of again if you if you didn't catch the first sixty seconds of this podcast live. I'll kind of reiterate, we are 40, we're just a little under, if you're on the East Coast time, a little under 48 hours away from the start of what is going to be, it is going to be a history book mm-hmm. changing weekend. You, you, If you're a wrestling historian or depending on how old you are or what have you, there's different periods of time that you can look at and you can go, you know, this was a, this was a, you know, just industry defining change. Um, you can look at it in the early 80s when Vince, Vince Jr. buys the company takes over WWF from his father. You can look at, you know, January 84, I think, when Hulk Hogan beats Iron Sheik and Hulkamania. You can look at 85 with WrestleMania starting. You can look at you can look at uh, May of 96 when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jumped over to WCW. 
you know, you, you can look at uh, there's so many things you can look at, and then I just can't stress. You have Wednesday, or it should be a Friday. Rampage. We think CM Punk is returning to wrestling and is going to shake things up with AEW. That's all on the rise. While WWE is certainly dealing their PR battles and their morale. Then you have a Saturday SummerSlam in a stadium. So a big WWE show. They can try to react and re and answer with a big punch. And then you have an NXT takeover on Sunday when NXT, uh, you know, a lot of questions about what's in their future. So this is going to be one of those weekends where we are going to look back and we're going to know things happen that were important one way or the other in addition to all the shows you've mentioned don't sleep on friday night smackdown because mm-hmm. we were on the nxt podcast last night and glenn rubenstein shout out to him floated out an idea that i thought was brilliant in terms of wwe there was that story about them reacting to cm punk and everybody's oh what's the reaction gonna be what about the pre-action what if they just decide you know let's get brock lesnar on tv as smackdown goes off the air so that's what people are talking about in addition to what might happen on rampage i mean they have the ball on their court an hour before you know two hours before they go on rampage wwe could do something to really steal that heat from aew and i wouldn't put it past them great point great point all right, let's end it with some super chats here. Uh, Stella Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. This was the right call here for MJF to go over. Only thing is, I don't know where they go with both guys with the paper even being so close. Uh, or might have got that already. Sorry if we did. Uh, oh yeah, we did. I'm sorry. Back, I'm backed up in chats here. All right, uh, Nathaniel Cook, dollar ninety nine. MJF and Roman Reigns are the benchmark for all heels. All right, I I like that. I I would like that. That's they're fair. two very different heels, but two very very effective heels. Fair. Sam Austin, uh, don't know the currency. It's four digits. Don't really currency though. Thanks, Sam. Raj, thanks you. Assuming Punk and Brian come in, who are their feuds? Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question to kind of end yeah. the show on. Um, you know, again, I feuds. I mean, look, it seems like again everything is. I mean, Kenny Omega is like doing like the trolling with the CM and the T-shirts. Darby Allen seems to be who they're positioning as like the first match. With just all the best in the world references, and I, I and again, keep in mind, CM Punk wants fresh creative. I don't think CM Punk is really attracted to a match with John Mox. Like, well, I guess I mean, I guess even then, Dean Ambrose was already uh, a thing in w- I, You know, like I don't know. I, he wants fresh opponents. He doesn't want rehashed WWE stuff, or or or, or you know, so. Darby Allen makes sense, I guess, you know, but then, you know, Kenny Omega as well. If Kenny re- remains champion, as you think he does, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, where do you, where do you, f- I, Brian Danielson, I, I know this would be two former WWE guys, but man, Miro is on a roll as a TNT champion. Brian Danielson coming in, you know, I don't know. I, I could buy that. I would love to see that. I would love in terms of the run that Miro's on whenever he loses that title, it should be a big moment. I would rather see that dedicated to somebody on the come up, like a Jungle Boy, somebody who they're investing in, who's like a younger coming up. Uh, but I think Daniel Bryan would be a great choice for that too. And it would really, it'd be the only thing that could take that TNT title to an even hotter level than it is right now because Miro is doing such great work. And, you know, we saw Kenny Omega lose this past week. Haven't seen Miro lose since he got that title and he's been dominant. So uh, if Daniel Bryan were to take it, then I would at least keep it a relevant, really relevant title. Yeah, I'm just thinking if if Miro starts to do like a TNT title open challenge, which we've seen that before Cody did that, you know, and and you know does a couple of those for a few weeks, beats the opponents, and then does that for at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, and here comes Brian. I mean, I don't know that 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 yeah. that you know. I mean, 
again, I know it's two. I know you look at it in the ring, and here's two guys. Here's Daniel Bryan and Rusev, but I don't think that. I, I think I, I think it's I think it works perfect. I think it's I think it's two guys who yeah you're if you're if you're AEW and you're trying to get new you know new audience to you yeah these are recognizable names that have been on WrestleMania main of you know marquee matches, but they are totally f- new fresh creative you know uh situations for these characters in, in aw so i don't know i mean this, it's a great question sam we'll have to really see how this plays out but i'm gonna say darby for punk and uh mira for brian i haven't thought about the fact that he used to be rusev since he won that title it's almost like he has different skinny he does have a different look but just the character that he's playing and the redeemer is one of the best nicknames in all of wrestling this character that he's playing is the furthest thing from Rusev, especially what he was doing toward the end of his run in yeah. WWE, you know, with that marriage storyline with Bobby Lashley. And so I, I think that this is a completely different guy. I'd like to see Daniel Bryan in AEW, which would be a story in and of itself against this new version of Rusev. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, i give Sam a shout-out because it's a great follow-up question. He said, I'd love to see Bryan MJF because they're both great talkers. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and one more from Twitch here again. Uh, Dylan 13, Daniel Bryan versus Sammy Guevara. I, I mean, it, it, great for the bell to bell. Maybe if Sammy goes back to being a heel someday, but I don't, I don't like the face versus face situation. Yeah. Just doesn't, it doesn't benefit any. It, Sammy's a new face in AEW. Brian coming in doesn't benefit anybody doing that. It, it, I can only see it as like an alliance that maybe ends up where Sammy turns to because Sammy's one of those few guys who, well, he runs with the inner circle, but uh, it looks like they're going to kind of move away from those guys being a unit, especially with Jericho probably going to take some time off. So if Sammy is like a man without a country, I think he can carry himself by, you know, just fine. I think he's great on the mic and he, he's got a star presence. But if they want to do a mentor angle like they've done with Darby and Sting, like they're doing kind of with Christian and Jungle Boy, I think Sammy and Daniel Bryan would be a great way to go. And I'll finish it off with a friend of our podcast, Jax Callens and Labar. Will this make fans turn on Darby? I assume he means Darby versus CM Punk. No, Jax, because as I just poo-pooed on face versus face with Brian and um, and uh, Sammy, the AEW smart fans, they have walked a pretty good balance. They still know to – they all appreciate like how good of a heel MJF is, but they – still know to boo him they seem to know to play along which is good so like while they'll know that they they'll 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 just to kind of encourage darby and punk i don't think that they'll turn on darby Um, i think i think honestly depending on how they produce this debut friday of punks um i think whether it's friday or next wednesday or at all out i think they'll just be a certain pop for like Three gener three generations. If you see a Sting, a CM Punk, and a Darby Allen all in one ring looking at each other, just wow. Yeah, you know, that's a great way to put it. Three generations. So that's that's just kind of how I look at it. So no, I don't think I don't think this will harm Darby if that's the if that's what you're asking. So yeah, this will, if uh, anything, it'll elevate him. Yeah, it will. Uh, so that's that. That's that's gonna be a wrap. That's the news. That's the dynamite review. Manscaped. That's the below the waist grooming. Do what Wait. you got to do, fellas. Do what you got to do. Uh, Alfred, any final thoughts for tonight? <laughs> hey, man, this weekend is just going to be incredible. I will be doing the Friday podcast live from Vegas. So I uh, look forward to seeing everybody. Uh, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. And I'm just looking forward to this. This just makes me more exciting for this weekend in pro wrestling. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things to talk about. Very good. Very good. He's at This Is Nasty. Give him a follow. I am at 
Justin Labar. Uh, again, you can see him on podcast. You can see me here on podcast. You can catch me every Friday morning at 10 a.m. on Busted Open with Sirius, on Sirius XM Channel 156. Of course, check out Wrestling Inc. for all the news constantly being updated. Brand new site design. Looks great on desktop. Looks really form. good. Yeah, it looks, just, looks awesome. Shout out to Raj, who... Uh, put a lot of work into uh, again upgrading and making this site as user friendly and and the navigation is just awesome to go around so uh very good stuff there thanks everybody again hit us up let me know how do you consume this podcast want to hear it hit the like hit the comment hit the share do what you got to do leave a comment make a five-star rating all those things it's all important in this world that we live in here in 2021 2021 be good and we'll talk to you friday night after what is going to be a very interesting night in the world of pro wrestling